Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Talented Human Podcast. I am super excited to, to have a guest today who is so dear to me and so close to me. She is, I think she's one of my youngest cousins. Um, her name is Oriana Flores. Uh, she is an extremely talented artist, and she went the, the traditional route. She did four years of college, to try to figure out exactly what part of the art side of her she wanted to develop and 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 um, and explore and, and and expand into her life, so she um, she is actually responsible for our logo on the podcast. She designed that for us for me, and um, I, you know, she's she's. Um, She's someone that, that I respect a lot because uh, she has a maturity and, and a softness to her that can actually inspire others to, to understand that art and talent and, and passion can always, it, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be flamboyant and it doesn't necessarily have to be you know, over the top. She's actually a very you know, soft-spoken person who who is uh, somewhat reserved in a way, but she's also very funny and open. And without further ado, I want to welcome to the show my beautiful cousin and one of the people that I uh, respect most, uh, Oriana Flores. Oriana, welcome to the show. Um, hi. hi. <laughs> thanks for having me. Hi. <laughs> thanks for thanks for being on here. Like um, I, um, if you don't mind, you know, turning on the video again so that we can. Know, have a better conversation but um thank you for for being here i um thank you for designing the talented human logo, <laughs> logo. people who search didn't know that this know. was your, um, <laughs> your creation i remember i was like oh my god how am i gonna do this and then i was like you know what i'm gonna talk to Audi and <laughs> and uh and have her do it because i have no idea um, what to do here. I knew the colors that I wanted. I knew the concept. I put it all together. That's something that I just really suck at. But. And uh, yeah. it was it was fun. It was fun to work on. I like I like making logos. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if everyone can see that, but I, I do. I like making logos. <laughs> and um, with a, you know, with that beautiful introduction I gave you, but um, with with that with what I said and what we talked about um, before we actually started recording the the episode, um, you you knew you wanted to be an artist, and yes. you you wanted to to do something with with art, and and you 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 understood what your purpose was going to be, and and the reason I wanted to you know for our listeners that I wanted to have you on the show is because a lot of people think that you know, following a college education and, and following a traditional path, it's like almost irrelevant today. But I don't necessarily think that you would have discovered what you do today without having that opportunity to go to college and learn the things that you learn and the skills yeah. that you learn in your school. I mean, you attended a really, a really, you know, prestigious school in, in, in the art field. So um, that also gives, and, you know, kind of presents you know, opportunities that, that, you know, you might not get in, in, in learning. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I guess, um, 
Well, when it comes when it comes to choosing whether or not you're gonna go um, to college, um, which college exactly you're gonna go to, if you do decide to go that route, um, I think that's very much up to the individual. Um, college is not for everyone, and art school in specific is not for everyone. Um, you can get um, a pretty good art education out of you know, a regular four-year um, four college as well. Um, I just personally felt that um, Ringling, school I went to, uh, Ringling was um, kind of like the kick in the butt that I needed um, and also just a great way to explore, be surrounded by art all the time, um, which in my specific case was um, the experience that I wanted. It was a really small school, um, so everyone just kind of knew each other. Um, helps a lot with connections. Um, but I know people that have gone on um, quote unquote, you know, traditional routes for what they're doing um, and they've gone to bigger schools and they enjoyed that more so than being at somewhere really small where you know everyone. <laughs> um, so I think it is very much um, an individual case, you know, not everyone has to go to school for art. Um, some people feel like they should um, I know people who are incredibly talented that I'm like, why are you even at school right now? You can get a job wherever you want. And they're like, no, I want to go to school. I want to learn more. I want to um, push myself more here, develop myself more here before I go out and become a professional. So um, I think that I chose the best route for myself. And um, hopefully listeners out there, um, you're able to choose the best route for yourself. And you might not figure it out the first year too. There's a lot of people that go to school and then they're like, you know, this is not for me. And then they just do so much better after, you know, they drop or, um, so definitely up to the individual. It's totally up to you what you decide to do. How do you, um, how did you, uh, how did you deal with the, um, with the pressure from yourself? You say you needed a kick in the butt. And uh, why, why do you feel that you need that kick in the butt? And how, how do you, you know, deal with, like, knowing that now that you were at this school, that you needed to, you know, maybe change your mindset or, or you know, change your habits to make sure that you excel and that you... Um, well, I mean, I was always kind of used to, um, like, doing, like, a lot at once, like, um, when I was at school, like in high school, I was in, um, I was like in like the ACE program or whatever, and I had a lot of extracurriculars. So I was kind of used to kind of always going. Um, so that's partially kind of what I meant. Um, I, I don't like to sit still for very long. <laughs> so I liked that I had, you know, I always had something to do. I always had homework that I had to be doing. And if I wasn't doing that, then I was at work, you know, so um, that could be a lot. Um, it did get overwhelming uh, sometimes, and uh, it did take time to kind of learn how to deal with that um, because, you know, you're um, already in this culture where you're constantly producing. So um, just learning to kind of take a moment and sit still for a second um, was something that definitely helped. Um, and the great thing about the school, too, is that there is a huge support system. Um, I never felt that I was like in competition with anyone, you know, if I was feeling overwhelmed or if I needed help with something, everyone was just very open to coming and helping me um, and helping each other really, um, supporting each other and, you know, and 
um, offering critique or offering assistance or just you know someone to kind of sit and take a break with and talk to about you know how your work is going and just how your life is going, um, which I think was a really important aspect of um, being at school and kind of understanding um, work-life balance, um, which is honestly one of like my top priorities now. <laughs> making sure I have that. So you go from, um, you know, from almost like not being able to sit still while in high school and then, you know, packing your schedule and having like all the activities that you can have and you go into school and then, you know, you know, taking a, a little bit of a sit back and like saying, okay, well, I need to, um, that can be, like you said, overwhelming. How, how do you manage not letting the overwhelming side of things get to you? What are the, the things that, not just you know, from the community around you, but in you know, inner self, that mm -hmm. you are like, how did you manage that? Um, well, well, I think it starts with like sitting down and having a conversation with yourself and understanding you know, why it is that you're feeling what you're feeling, what it is that you're feeling, and then, um, figuring out the ways um, to manage it. So for example, um, when I was feeling really uh, stressed or overwhelmed, um, I ringing is in Sarasota and it's really close to the beach. Um, so I would just kind of hop on over to the beach for a second, um, maybe during like my dinner break or something like that. And I would just kind of like sit by the water and take a deep breath and just kind of enjoy the place that I was in. Um, you know, enjoy the sunset, enjoy the water, enjoy the birds, enjoy all of it. Um, and just kind of take a, a moment to separate myself from that. Um, I made sure that I exercised, that I ate as healthily as possible, just because that helps you um, keep a clear mind and um, just kind of helps with managing um, stress and stuff like that. Um, what else would I do? I would just take moments for myself, you know. Um, you got to treat yourself from time to time. When you're working really hard, you deserve it. Take a moment to take a break. Um, go out and do something that you enjoy doing that's not, you know, <laughs> work or homework or anything like that. So um, I would make sure to um, hang out with my friends. Um, I would go shopping if I needed to buy myself something nice to feel better. <laughs> um, treated myself to like, I had like a favorite coffee shop, so I would make sure to go over there and enjoy a good cup of coffee every once in a while. Just kind of taking um, the little pleasures, simple little pleasures every once in a while and treating yourself to them um, definitely goes a long way. Like you don't notice it right away, but um, it's like giving yourself little things, little like breaths of fresh air to look forward to um, definitely helps a lot um, when you're just kind of constantly going. That makes sense. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of a... Uh... I'm kind of like that in a way. Um, I I take my photo walks and I go to coffee shops and I I, I do these things to um, to stay, you know, mentally healthy. I put a lot of uh, emphasis on on this podcast and in my life personally to to not just exercise the exercise the body, but to exercise my mind to make sure that that we that, that I stay healthy. Um, it's, it's terrifying to me to think of not being able to be mentally present as I get older. And mm -hmm. I, I, you know, like, I think like for us, um, 
in as a society and especially with the uh, with the young talent and community that are that are coming up um like your generation compared to mine and and it's like it's advertised on those on social on on tv on anything even in community um how important it is to take care of our body how important it is to be like physically healthy yeah and then we don't do enough to to drive our mental health healthness and wellness <laughs> into a into almost a viral um spectrum yeah it's not <laughs> like you know we should like i you know we should have more of this and we should have more of that um and you know on social and and, and that's and this is why i wanted to to make this this podcast you 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 talk a lot about um you know what you did to like make sure that you didn't stress out that you didn't feel overwhelmed and and that's so important we all know that it's important but not everyone is as aware you know right. there are people around um my age your age who don't don't understand or don't know how to balance that and how to like find the uh, the actual um resources to keep themselves you know less stressed out um and and not overwhelmed by anxiety and and depression and even loneliness like sometimes like uh for example for you right now you you you're new to new york city uh you already spent last summer there and but you're now you know officially in new york and you're about to experience a lot of things about the city that that are life in the city is uh, it can be lonely it can be you know because it's so fast paced yeah. and you know it's diff- it's more difficult to have relationships or, or to sustain relationships because of like the fast paced aspect of things and 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 having the ability to adapt to to those um scenarios so um for people like you and people you know uh out there that are going to, through these transitions it's important to know the um you know how how to manage those and and how to like stay within our you know within the right mindset to to handle the the situations um and uh i think again, it starts with it starts with just sitting and having a conversation with yourself and understanding where you stand w- within yourself and then from there you can start to take like the first few steps it's like okay well i'm being lonely how can i um how can i help myself with that you know if it's you know feeling more comfortable being by yourself or if it's reaching out to a new community um you know stuff like that i think um is definitely important but it definitely starts just with yourself it's kind of accepting like you said if you're not realizing that there's you know so people don't even realize that they even are stressed out, that they are overwhelming themselves. So it's kind of taking a moment to step back and saying, okay, well, um, how am I actually feeling? Why am I feeling like this? And what can I do about it? Um, I think it's a good start, definitely. That's awesome. So um, let's, let's dive into your art a little bit. Um, and let's dive into, um, into what, what you're working on and, and your... Um, how do you see the um, 
kind of like the next steps for you and the evolution of your craft. Um, because it's also important to, you know, for people that I feel like in, in the artistic side, I've, I've been talking to a lot of entrepreneurs. You are the, like the first art based kind of like artistic based talent that I talked to on, on the podcast. Mm -hmm. And, and I kind of wanted to, to have this uh, conversation because it's, it's easier to have a clear picture when you're building a business, when you're um, creating, you know, an app or, but when you're doing art and, and specifically like the, like you, you are more in the graphics and animations side of things. And, and, um, you know, maybe starting a, an, a business in this industry might not be as easy as saying, okay, well, let me get, let me get my, um, let me get my experience first and maybe then see if I can do something bigger or, or if I just, you know, remain or whatever the case might be. How do you see that for you, from your perspective in your career, in your, in, in your craft? Um, how do you mix, how do you mix the business side of things with the artistic side of things? Um, well, I mean, like, the business side of things is always um, present. Right now, I am just, just kind of starting out. So I think right now, my biggest priority is just kind of like to soak it all in and learn as much as possible. Um, so being, you know, within my field and working with professionals in my field and just kind of making as many connections as possible and talking to people and learning from people um, is kind of um, I feel like where I'm at right now um, and then from there just growing um, you know moving up to bigger projects stuff like that um, from the business perspective um, it's a lot of just that just networking um, making connections um, keeping up with the keeping up with trends and trying to see how you can create new ones um, and just kind of always working to get better and then eventually um you know once you learn kind of how the business works and you learn all the tips and tricks and stuff like that if you're gonna move on um to building your own business it's really just um i mean you know how it all works so you can just go in start collecting your clients start making great work for them getting your referrals hiring new people um to help you out and um Probably getting an accountant or someone to help you with that side of things. <laughs> That's definitely the part that I know absolutely nothing about. Getting that person yeah. that can tell you where yeah. not to go shopping for something. Yeah. Right? Yes. <laughs> like, you can't afford that. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so I'm going to keep you in check, definitely. Um, yeah, you can't, do, you can't do all the projects, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, but yeah. It's just kind of right now I'm at a, I think, um, a point of growth, just learning, soaking everything in and then growing. And then from there, it's kind of moving up in the world, I think. <laughs> um, from, uh, and this is, uh, I mean, I want to get a little bit topical on this and, and from, a, from a female perspective in your industry um, and, and, and in the artistic world, how do you see the um the interactions changing or how do you see the um the, there's a lot of conversations out there today about um you know women equality and and having you know better 
better balance and better um, uh, standards for for women in the workplace. And and uh, I I'm probably one of the biggest feminists out there because I believe that you know women do everything better than we do. That's, you, know, you guys are highly intelligent. We are just simpletons in the in the. <laughs> But you know, industries and, and, and entrepreneurship still um, kind of still um, dominated by men, and and uh, I think like in, in the artistic world, there's always been a bit, a bit more of a balance. But you still see it in like Hollywood and and in music that you know the male dominance still kind of like and uh, and I know that like um, you know my friend Andrea and. Uh, she she's in the uh, in the um, technology technological side of audio and audio engineering and you know there's not there hasn't been a, a female to win an Oscar for or a Grammy for you know recording and for editing right. sound effects and stuff like that and um, I don't think there's been a a team of you know female animators to be awarded at a high level to be recognized at a high level either and because these are industries that you know from the 90s and early 2000s they were highly dominated uh you know by men and and i don't you know i wanted to kind of get an understanding from your perspective being in that side of the industry and in the artistic world if you see now where there's like not so much hopefully not so much like differentiation and like you have like the same abilities and the same opportunities presented to you as a as a, as a woman in, in, in an industry like all right um i mean i i feel like i've gotten pretty lucky and um i've never felt like i've um lost an opportunity um because i'm a woman and i feel very welcome right now where i'm at um in terms of you know being given opportunities at work um, but I think that I noticed that a lot during my job search, um, all of last year, um, was it just a lot, I would go onto like websites and there'll be, um, like the about us page and it'll be just, you know, these are the people on our team and whatnot. And it was just like all men and then like the one woman. Um, and I've heard stories from friends too, like, um, they would have, they would like, they would be like the one woman in the room um, on the creative team. And like, there was like this weird boys club where like all of the boys would kind of just um, hang out and talk and just kind of leave the women out uh, for whatever reason. So like, personally, I myself, I've gotten lucky and I haven't experienced that, but you do hear stories all the time about how it's just a very real thing. Um, unfortunately, just across all industries, it is predominantly a, a male-dominated world, basically. Yeah. Um, I do think that, you know, people are trying to take steps towards equality. I think that there's still a lot that can be done because it's, you know, it just has to be a more conscious thing. A lot of people are like, oh, no, you know, we're equal because we have these two women on our team and we treat them with respect. I'm like, yeah, that's great, but you're like 20%. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> you their voice is there, but it's not as strong as it should be. Yeah. 
you've always been a very independent person. You've always been kind of like very uh, sure of yourself and, um, you know, uh, crazy. I, I remember when you were, you know, just a baby and, and uh, you had, you, you had this thing about you, even when you were, you know, two years old, two years old, like you like, you didn't, um, you didn't like stay to the standards. You weren't like your, uh, the standard, you know, two-year-old girl that had Barbies and all this like girly toys. You had your horses and you're fascinated by airplanes. And, and these were like the things that I remember from like when you were a kid. And, and then, um, you know, I think that translates in, into, into who you are today in a way. And my question to you is, what advice do you have to that you have for the for the young girls out there that that might feel insecure because well they might feel like you know less because they're females like sadly enough like i i hope that it's now a smaller percentage okay uh i hope that there is a higher percentage of girls that are you know saying, well, no, you know, I'm a girl. And like, you can see it in society that it's changing, but there's still like the, the small percentage of girls that might feel less than guys. And especially at a young age, um, how do you like, even from the experiences of your friends, like maybe like, maybe you have a friend that doesn't know how to handle that situation that you're talking about where they have like a maybe boys club or, or a friend that actually knows how to handle that better than the other. Like, what kind of advice do you have for, for situations like that for girls? And like, just kind of like, even like, just take a moment to like empower women here. <laughs> take a moment to, wow. Um, if there's a boys club, infiltrate the boys club. <laughs> you are just as good as them. And there shouldn't be a boys clubs to begin with. It should be an everyone club. Um, basically, yeah, I mean, especially when you're young, it's really hard because I think it's, I, I don't know how to explain it well, um, but especially when you're young, you just kind of, it's so, it's so easy to feel insecure. So you're going through all these changes that you might not totally understand. And um, group dynamics start to kind of change. Um, you're starting to figure out who you are as a person and maybe not even just as a person, but as a woman, like who, you know, who are you? You have no, no idea when you're 14, 15. Um, so it's really easy to feel insecure. Um, to be honest, I think the best advice really that I can give is just, if, um, how do I word this the best way? Um, I guess like there is only one of you and you are amazing always and just tell yourself that there's no there's never going to be a better version of you everyone is gonna everyone's gonna have their own opinion of who you are it doesn't matter your opinion matters the most always I think that is <laughs> the best way I can phrase it I will definitely come up with a better, <laughs> it's almost like better phrase later on in the day 
um, it's uh, it's important to remember that you know today you are the best version of who you are, and then tomorrow you'll be yes. slightly better, and then slightly better all the time. Just honestly, like when you're little, you always hear that, like just be yourself. You know, you're great, and you're always like, ah, it's like cheesy and stupid, but like no, <laughs> it's actually <Good>. real. Like, <laughs> like there's literally there's literally no one else that you can be. You can only be you, so you might as well love yourself. <laughs> So you, uh, so one thing I, I find fascinating about you is like, you're not so active on social media. No, <laughs> I'm so bad at it. You're not I'm like working with social media right now. And I'm just like, ah. you're not, yeah, you're not, you're not a very active person on social. And, uh, and uh, I think that that kind of speaks to like that, what I was saying in the interview, you're very, you know, reserved person and, and uh um almost introverted but not like a like a true introvert um because you like i've hung out with you and you're like extremely like you know funny and outgoing and you're like um but at the same time i like talking to people (laughs) but also like not talking to people yeah it's like you're you're more of a uh in real life type of a person rather than on social and uh how do you see that um, that dynamic in society when, like, um, for young people, social media takes like for most young people, social media takes a big part of their life and and who they are. And and how do you compare it to in your case, where you say, well, this is who I am. This is my brand. This is who I am as a person. Like, I am not. I don't necessarily need to be on Instagram or Snapchat or all these platforms that, you know, and, and presenting myself because it, a lot of people feel like it's somewhat fulfilling to be on social or it's almost like a norm to be on social. I mean, it's definitely a norm. Um, that's just, it's just the way it is. Like now um, all the upcoming generations, like it's just, like ingrained in them basically yeah um and the the life that people present on social is often very very different than what like they're actually living and i've seen that firsthand like i've seen i've been at a party that was dead and i've seen i saw the person taking the picture and i saw it come up on my social feed and it was completely it was a completely differently painted picture of what was actually happening um so i've seen that um firsthand i just personally don't think about it it's just like just not you know it's just some you know like people go out to take pictures for instagram or like oh wow this is such a great spot i need a photo like I'll just be like, wow, that's such a great spot, <laughs> and then just kind of keep going. <laughs> um, it's just not really um, super present in my mind. Um, but I think that you know, like, um, if social is a big part of your life, then it has a lot of benefits also in terms of branding yourself and in terms of putting yourself out there. It is something that you have to be conscious about because the stuff that you post on there exists you know, like everyone will have access to it. So it is very important that people are conscious of what they're actually posting on there. Um, and I mean, if, you know, 
I don't about like finding fulfillment from that. Um, I can understand why uh, people would feel that, you know, getting likes, getting comments, you know, feeling maybe feeling validated, you know, just they look nice in a photo or because they happen to be in a really cool place, you know. Um, I think as long as you're not lost in like the sea of likes and stuff like that, um, it's it's perfectly valid. You know, like if you're having a great experience, why not share it with the world? You know, you're having a great time. You want people to know you're having a great time. Look at this beautiful place that I got to visit. And then you have a cool digital archive of all the cool places that you've been at that you shared with the whole planet. <laughs> yeah, I remember when I when I went to pick you up at the airport in New York um, last year, and uh, I'm like, going through the social feed, I'm like, I don't know what Ori looks like right now. <laughs> <laughs> no one knows what I look like. <laughs> I have like zero. I noticed that once my, uh, my friend was trying to like set me up on a double date, and she was like, I have no pictures of you. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I know. No one does. <laughs> I am proud of that. Um, I don't know if I'm proud of it. It's just like a thing that happened. <laughs> I'm just not good uh, about it. No, it's, uh, I think it's, uh, it, it's, 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 it's somewhat a breath, uh, a breath of fresh air, you know, to when you need someone that doesn't necessarily, especially someone young that doesn't really necessarily have to be glued to their cell phones and and on social and you know maybe enjoys a cup of coffee without taking a photo right before drinking it <laughs> you know yeah, like, i mostly share photos like through like whatsapp to like my family <laughs> or like if there's like an inside joke and i'll be like or like snapchat i'm much more of a snapchat user just because if I see something that's like an inside joke or something that I know someone would like relate to, I'll be like, hey, look at this, my thought of you, and then I'll send it. And <laughs> or like I have a streak with my brother, you know, stuff like that. I feel like um, Snapchat is probably my go-to social just because it's more conversational. So I don't send pictures of myself often either on there. It'll just be like a picture of a wall <laughs> and I'll like respond whatever they were talking about <laughs> or just straight up send a direct message and just be like yeah this is, that was funny no that, that's that's awesome um yeah no i i wanted to to kind of talk about um the um the uh, kind of like your point of view on on the difference between well not the differences but how do I present this, you know? So uni going to university today, um, for me, from my point of view, is, is more about the, the uh, experience. Okay. You know, and uh, it, having completed, you know, recently four years of, of you know, university and, and having your school being so like, niche down into the arts, do you think that you could have learned the skills that you have without it? Um, I mean, okay, so like my argument for going to an art school is the, um, is the support, the critique, and the, um, 
is general information that you would get from actual professionals. So my school was really good about that. Um, like all of our professors were um, still, you know, professionally working out in the field. And so they would bring that back those insights and they would tell us, you know, like if you're freelance and you have this much experience, you know, a good day rate might be this much. Um, if you're ever in this situation with a coworker, you should maybe um, talk to HR or maybe you should try to figure out um, these ways to resolve it. Um, you know, based on what your portfolio looks like, um, I think that you should probably start working on this. You know, this is where your strong suits are. This is what your um, where your weaknesses are. Because um, a lot of what I do, like you see a lot, you know, there's a million online courses. Everyone, you can learn basically everything that I do from a technical standpoint online. Um, but it's the creativity and the immersion into um, that that world, that network, um, that I feel was kind of my biggest takeaway. Um, is, you know, you see it all the time. You go and, like, I learned so much, literally, basically, just from going on YouTube and, <laughs> like, Grayscale Gorilla and, like, all of those websites that give you the technical information, like, how do I, you know, fix this book? How do I do this? How do I do that? Um, but having your teachers there to tell you, yeah, you did that. How can you apply that in a way that are creative or in a different way? How can you take that and twist it and turn it into your own thing? Um, so that way you're presenting is something new um, and refreshing, um, I think was um, the most important part um, of going to an art school experience that is so just deeply immersed in art school. Just so, yeah, yes. and that's like what I see is important on, on education today. I think um, if, we, if we focus it on experience mm -hmm. more than, than the actual, because like, like you said, you could learn everything on YouTube. Uh, yeah. like why would you want to go to college if all the information's on the internet? Yeah. Right? <laughs> exactly. So like the experiences and like the, the lessons about, you know, specifics things of life. Like I, I know that from my experience in, in, in university, the, um, the biggest thing was, was that like the, the things that I learned about myself, about the opportunities that could be presented to me. And, and, uh, but I just see like, for example, like I love that you had that opportunity to work with other professionals that were not, not just necessarily like, a teacher of a mentor, but I almost felt like, you know, a peer that you were learning from. And wait, are we still on? Yeah, I have really bad Wi-Fi, so I think it's being kind of weird right now. That's why I'm like slowly inching more towards <laughs> like where the router no, is. Okay, I think we're, we're back on. Kind of like. <laughs> uh, so um, we'll we'll split this into like. Yeah. But what I'm saying is like the um, the experiences of uh, of like learning from from someone that's almost like a peer, and and a yeah. colleague that can professionally. Um, inspire you. I think that's the the thing that matters most. Yes, definitely. Um, 
like one of the biggest pieces of advice that I got um, was just, it sounds weird, but it's like, um, always be like, never be the best person in the room. You know, you always want to be somewhere where there's someone who, you know, who you feel creates better work than you or has um, new, new skills that you haven't quite developed yet. Um, and just as an artist, I think that that's so important. So I loved that I was, you know, my, my class was like ridiculously talented. Like it was one of those things where you're, I, I, um, you're that person in high school who like, you know, everyone knows, you know, she draws, she's the artist, you know, she, you know? Mm -hmm. um, you grow up with your parents saying, you, wow, you're so good at drawing. <laughs> And you go to art school and you're like, wow, I suck. <laughs> so bad at this. <laughs> but it's great because I got to sit down and ask people, like, hey, you know, you're really good at type. Can you help me with this? You know, how did you come up with this amazing project? You know, what was your thought process? How did you go about it? Um, how did you learn to do this? Um, do you have any tips for me, like based on what you see that I'm working on? And just from that and just getting all of that feedback from everyone who had different talents across, you know, the board of uh, design, illustration, animation, all of it. Um, you know, I felt that I myself was able to grow a lot in a lot of different aspects, you know, that I wasn't quite as strong as. Um, and that's definitely one thing that I'm definitely going to continue to do um, as I try to grow as a professional is just um, make sure that I'm surrounded by super awesome talented people so that I can <laughs> well, we're in the also do and podcast. try to be super talented. Huh? <laughs> uh, the human podcast so. <laughs> um yeah yeah it's, it's so it's so um it's so great that you said that that's the best advice you got because I've always said that if you are the smartest person in one room you're in the wrong room. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> You know, I never want to be the smartest person in the room. I used to think that way. I used to think like, oh, I'm so smart. I'm so like, you know, I'm the smartest person ever. Like, and then I realized that that was like the stupidest thing because I wasn't learning anything from anyone. Yeah. And like, I don't, I want to be the dumbest in the room so I can absorb. <laughs> I want to be the dumbest employee person in the room so I can like learn from all these people. All right. Yeah. Uh, I exactly. I am fascinated. I think that's super important, just as a professional and as a person. Just always surround yourself by people who are smarter than you, who are more talented than you. You know, some that people who have you know stuff to offer, and you'll grow and you'll just grow so much more from it. Yeah. Okay. I'm so happy and fascinated that we had the opportunity to have this conversation and to record this episode. Um, I think, uh, I think there's, um, there's great value to take from this. Um, uh, you know, in the entrepreneurial world and in, the, uh, in, in today's uh, social media uh, spectrum, there's a stigma about university and like going to college, like, you know, no, you, know you shouldn't go to college. But I, I do believe like in a way that there's still opportunities and things that to be to be learned from the experience of going to university so i think um i think i um, i say with you know enough um certainty that that this is this is an episode that can actually drive that concept there for those who, who 
look, you don't have to follow the trend of saying, I'm not going to go to college if you <laughs> feel that you want to go. Like you felt that you needed to go. You needed to get yeah. that, you know, kick in the butt to, to actually get to that point where you want it to be. So yeah. um, I, I appreciate you so much for taking the time for coming on the podcast. I appreciate you. I appreciate you a lot for designing our logo um, and for um, being a part of the experience here. And, and I'm excited that you're in, in New York and, and that you're making a, <laughs> you're making a life there. Um, I, I think that, um, I think that the, that this episode is gonna, it's gonna shed some light on, on some really important stuff. So uh, again, thank you. And uh, I will be seeing you in New York soon, I hope, uh, maybe next year. Um, that's what I'm planning on coming back so. <laughs> for now. All right. <laughs> it's be a temporary comeback, but it's not gonna be um, it's not gonna be a full time comeback. I'll come visit. All right. I don't know if I can stay away for more than two years. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is this is a great talk. Um, and thanks for letting me design your logo because that was really fun. <laughs> <laughs>